Hey guys, and welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we want to get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of Unpack the Pursuit. Woo! Yay! Today, we're talking about implementing change after college. We think this discussion is really important. When we graduated college, which was together at UMass Amherst in 2015, a lot of things were going on. A lot of things were happening. And it wasn't just with us. It was with all of our cohorts, all of our graduates. And if you are one of the 2 million students a year who are fortunate enough to graduate college with a bachelor's degree, we really hope this resonates. Graduating college, it can bring up a lot of emotions for people. Some are positive, some can be negative. You know, there's a lot of change that comes from graduating college. And our reactions are completely dependent on personal experience and just how confident we feel stepping into that next phase of our lives. So some people are really excited. They're like ready to graduate college. They may have jobs lined up and they're just ready to go. While others, they want to stay in college. They want to stay in the party phase, which is totally fine because there's so much freedom with that. So the transition can be so different depending on just where you're at. There can also be a lot of external pressure from friends, from family, society, generalizing specific paths that we're supposed to be on. And sometimes they don't really align with our internal expectations and internally what we want. Right, Malls? Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes those external pressures, whether they're coming from society, friends, family, can actually affect those internal pressures and sort of depending on the relationship with ourself, how prominent and impactful those pressures end up being. For example, that could mean, you know, some, a lot of expectations of people when they graduate college are that either you already have a job or you're getting a job and move out of your parents' house and you kind of just start being really independent right off the bat. But sometimes for people, that's just not what they want and they want to go travel or they want to move someplace new, or maybe they just want a nanny for the summer. They want a waitress one more summer. Sometimes they can feel those pressures externally to kind of shy away from those things that they want to do. And really what we just want to say here is that whatever you want to do is perfectly fine. Get a job right after college, move after college, travel after college. Just really try to listen to your heart and what you want. Because when you're in your young 20s, the world is your oyster and you can do whatever you want. That sounds like, you know, obviously, if you come from a privileged background, you might have more access to different things. But really, there are so many opportunities, depending on kind of what you want to get into after college, that are accessible to a lot of us. It just takes a little bit of research. It takes a little bit of time. It might take a lot of or a little bit or a lot, depending, of saving (laughs) some money and being conscious of how you're spending your money leading up to whatever sort of adventure or plan you have. But a lot of us, a lot of us can take advantage of of this from any background. So that's just something to keep in mind. And the jump from higher education to career is, like Natalie said, not the same for everyone. So we're going to touch on three different scenarios and ways that you can help prepare yourself for that transition. So the three scenarios we're going to focus on in this episode is if you just graduated college and you are planning to find a job right after college, 
or you already have a job lined up. So that's scenario one. And then scenario two is if you have just graduated college and you're going to take a gap year or you're going to take a year off and a year, it could be a year, it could be a couple of years, it could be a little less than a year. You're not going to go into the workforce right away. And then the third scenario is if you graduate college and you're stay, actually staying in school. So maybe you didn't graduate on time uh, and you have a couple or you have a year or two left of school. Perhaps you're going straight into your master's. But the scenario three is for those of us who are staying in school. And right before we jump into this, into this discussion, I'm just going to say if you're graduating college and you're sort of freaking out, feel the feels. Feel whatever you're feeling. I remember when I graduated college, I sort of had this crazy feeling of indifference. And like, I wasn't sure if I was sad to leave. I wasn't sure if I was excited. I didn't know what I was feeling. And I mean, a lot of things contributed to that. And I sort of felt guilty, I remember, for not being more excited or more sad because I saw a lot of my friends were super sad to leave one another or some of my friends were super excited for their job after school. And I just didn't feel really any of that. I felt a mix of everything. And I remember being pretty gentle with myself back then and just letting myself sort of live in that ambiguity. I don't know about you, Natalie, how you felt, but that that was my experience. And so just feel the feels. And we're going to try and go through some of these different scenarios and come up with some tactics that might help you. Yeah. And yeah, when I graduated, I I would definitely say that I was indifferent like Molly too. I felt like I was being pulled in a lot of different directions and I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. And I also was really not ready to like give up my summer and like time. So... (laughs) which we're going to touch on later to the free, that freedom aspect. But yeah, I just felt like I was like, whoa, I just graduated college and I kind of don't know what I want to do. I remember being gentle with myself too and just trying to meet people that could maybe like guide me and look at things that maybe would come out to me if I was looking up jobs, um, just kind of seeing what I got excited about basically. So we all have different feels. And so we're just like what Molly said, just feel the feel flow with it. <laughs> feel the feel. Feel the feels. Matt, you ready to get going? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So topic one, finding a job or you already have a job. And so the major obstacles we laid out for this is the feeling of inadequacy. So you're looking for a job and there's a lot of qualifications listed on it, what they want to see in a person. And you've maybe had an internship or two, or maybe you haven't worked before in the workforce. And so you feel kind of inadequate going into this. And what I can say to that is everything that you've done, if you've served, if you've been a nanny, if you've worked outside, that can all be translated and you can use some really excellent things from those jobs that will go into the qualifications for these jobs. So really just talk yourself up and be confident. And also in experience, you don't... Maybe you have some experience in the area that you're applying to, or maybe you have none. So again, just grasping on those things that you have done to show people like, well, this is what I've done. And this is how I feel like it translates over to this job. And I know I can do it because I've done X, Y, and Z. And then the obstacle that I briefly just touched on is freedom. So for myself, you know, I waitressed in the summer 
And then during college, I laid out for myself a bomb ass schedule. And I think Molly, you did too. And all of our friends tried to, we were like, we're going to go to classes two days a week. And the rest <laughs> of the time we're going to have off. And we thought we made it work. We, or three days a week, just something crazy where there were two days a week where we just had classes all day. And then the rest of the time we were working and chilling. And when you're out in the workforce, you're applying to those nine to fives. And you're sometimes, not getting, sometimes, sometimes, sorry, sometimes. No, I mean, but it's definitely, I mean, working full-time is definitely different no matter what kind of full-time job you're getting than your school schedule. Right. And so there's a little less freedom in it. And so just working around that. And I have to say, just take advantage of the time that you do have off, really take advantage of your weekends, your time after work to just do those things that make you happy. Definitely. Molly, to add to those three. No, I think you did a good job covering it. I think, yeah, when I started my first full-time job after college, that feeling of inadequacy and inexperience was really heavy on my shoulders. I just, I remember sitting at the table at my first morning meeting. We used to have team meetings every Wednesday at 8 a.m. And I remember being like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. It was a fintech startup. There was all of this different vocabulary that I had never heard of before. Finance was my least favorite subject in business school. I just remember sitting there and thinking I made a giant mistake. And it was almost like, actually, it was like imposter syndrome. I felt like I had totally fooled them that they thought that I was this person that I wasn't and that they were going to expect me to be this person that I wasn't. And they're going to find me out and it's going to be so embarrassing. I remember that very vividly. And I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you for adding that in. For sure. And so now you have the job, you went through kind of the application process and you're starting a new job. Number one thing, do not be afraid to ask questions. Like when you're sitting in those orientation meetings, you're meeting with your manager, ask the questions. When do people get into work? When do people leave? How long is lunch break? Just being really open with any question that you have is huge and and definitely do that. And not just office norm questions, but also questions about the position or tools that the company might use. You have to remember they've been using these tools every day for however long that they've been in their position at their job. So to them, they just know what it is. And it's not that they expect you to know what those tools are. So for instance, you know, for email marketing, maybe it's MailChimp or for automation, maybe it's autopilot. And if you don't know what those are, you can totally ask people, Hey, what, what are you talking about when you mention autopilot? What are you talking about when you mention Salesforce? Don't be afraid to ask questions about technical things that apply to your position. Yep. I completely agree. Those are all things that I had to use off the bat too. And I was like, what is this system? Yeah, for sure. And then just be really confident in how you're acting, what you're doing. Fake it till you make it. Like go around and make friends. I think one of the biggest things in starting a new job is finding a friend in the company, like as soon as you can and be open. It's just like, it's so funny. It's kind of just like dating, like meeting friends at work, but ask someone to lunch or see if your company, ask your HR person that's holding the orientation, see if your company has groups to join. When I started my last position, I hopped right on the wellness committee and another committee. And that's how I made a lot of my friends at work. And Having friends at work really changes the atmosphere. And it also gives you a go-to person to ask questions or sometimes even vent to if you're having problems with something. So I think building community in the workplace is just huge. And there's a lot of resources to do so. Definitely. 
If you're looking for a new job, so we're looking around for new jobs, look at companies that you're really interested in working for. And sometimes they might not have their careers listed or maybe they're not hiring yet. Feel free to give them a call and ask for the HR rep and see if there's anything in the pipeline. And they'll take resumes at all times. And I think sometimes it's even better to do this because once you're giving them that call, like, hey, I see you don't have jobs right now. Do you think it's do you think you might be soon? I'm really interested in working for this company. They'll notice that. And when you send your resume, hopefully they'll like file it in a place where like, wow, this person wants to work for us. So don't ever be afraid to cold call. I know it can sometimes be scary, but that person on the other line doesn't know who the fuck you are. Like (laughs) if you get embarrassed by uh, like anything that you may say, like, you never have to call them again. You never have to see them again. You don't have to send them your resume. So they'll never have to know who you are. So don't be afraid. Just give it a try. Yeah. I actually have a story, a really quick story about this one too. So when I was looking for jobs out in Nashville, Tennessee, I found this company called Lifestyle Communities and I thought they were so rad. And they didn't have any positions on the website that were open. So I cold emailed. I actually think it was a LinkedIn message. I cold linked in the CEO and the CMO. And a lot of people are, are not scared, but wouldn't directly reach out to the CEO. But I think it's a bold move. I think it's a cool move. It's like, you're putting yourself out there. And I was like, Hey, I really like your company. It's really inspiring to me because of X, Y, and Z. Would you... I, I see you don't have any marketing positions open right now, but would you be open for like, if I wanted to write some blog posts for you guys or do some part-time consulting work for you to get a feel for what your company is like, if you have a need for that. And anyway, I I wrote it a lot better than how I just stated it. But basically (laughs) they got back to me and he was like, wow, like we loved your email. Our marketing team's going to try and come up with a project for you. And it was sort of like this crazy validation where I was like, wow, putting yourself out there, you really can reap some wonderful benefits that way. And not everybody's going to answer you. I've reached out to a lot of CEOs before that do not get back to me. So you're going to get like 10 rejections for every just like reply. But it's totally something worth being a little bit creative about. That's awesome. I didn't know you did that. That's great. Yeah, it was. was, Yeah, I was really desperate, you know? And I've heard a lot of stories like that too, guys, where people have basically created their own position by reaching out to someone and being like, these are my qualifications. And they're like, we want this person on board. We're making mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just take the chance. And with that too, using your existing network is huge. The last two jobs that I've had, actually the only two full-time jobs that I've had, I got through friends. One of my friends got me the job and then another person I interviewed with them and didn't want to work for their company actually because they didn't pay enough. And she gave her old company a call and they were hiring for my role and she sent me over there. So using your network and then also networking. So seeing if there's networking events in your area and just putting yourself out there and you never know, you could get a job out of it or you could meet some just rad new friends. And so I, I think that's huge. I know networking events can be a little bit scary at first. And I think one of the biggest things is coming in with an open mind. Everyone's there to network. Not many people know each other. So just inserting yourself in the conversations and asking about the people 
telling a little bit about yourself and really asking about them. And I'm telling you, it'll go a long way. People can talk about themselves forever. And once you nail that down, you can you can go to any networking event and you'll make friends. Trust me on that. And lastly, we wanted to put a little note on this. Molly's actually going to be writing a really great blog post about this that you can check out on our website. Negotiating your salary. Your, your first salary. You can do that 100%. Do it. Research what you should be getting paid. See what they're going to pay you. And know that you're worth a lot. And look at your living expenses. Don't take a job that's not going to pay you enough money and is going to leave you stressed. Try to negotiate it. It's a little bit scary. And that's why Molly is putting together a good blog post on this that's going to have some tips and some tricks on how exactly to go about this. And just like networking, not the easiest conversation, but once you do it once... You can do it. Absolutely. Yes, that's great. All right, so we're ready for topic two? Yeah, yeah. Topic two is if you gap just graduated year. college, you want to take a gap year. Okay, uh-huh. so gap years have actually come to mean a variety of different things over the years. Uh, the original gap year definition is sort of like this in-between year between high school and college. So you take a year off before you go to higher education and maybe you travel or you you work or you volunteer. But gap years actually can happen at any point in your life, not just between high school and college. And I actually took my own gap year after college. So it was a year after I graduated school and before I started working full time. So I just wanted to make that quick distinction that I think the new gap year definition is a little bit more broad and can encompass a multitude of different things. And actually, I guess I've taken two because I took one after after college where I took a program called Winterline. They're still around if you're interested in looking at their program. And then I took one after my first full year of working full-time and I moved to Switzerland and I was nannying part-time and writing part-time. So uh, we could talk a little bit more about that later. But basically, some major obstacles that Natalie and I wanted to talk about that you'll have to overcome when you've decided to take a gap year after you've graduated college is finding the right fit. So there are a lot of different options out there. You can be an adventure guide. You can do a work away, which is volunteering abroad. You can be a nanny like I did. There's internships. There's volunteering. A lot of people teach English abroad. We had a friend in college that did that. Or you can do a blend of all these different things. So maybe you do six months volunteering and six months working in two different cities. You can go as creative as you want. Perhaps you outsource and have a program kind of do the logistics for you. Or you can really bang out your entire like self-made program and plan your entire trip. The next one we were thinking about is fear of missing out or falling behind. I think to take that initiative to sort of kind of go away after college, you're not necessarily doing the beaten path or following the beaten path. So you're going to have friends that are going to start their corporate jobs, their startup jobs, their full-time jobs, and there could be a little bit of FOMO there. (laughs) We just want to say anything you choose to do after college is awesome. No matter what you do is great. No matter what your journey or path is, doing a gap year is definitely going against the grain of what a lot of people do. But know that that's okay and own it and know that you're going to come back and you're going to be able to find a job and you're going to be able to pave your own path. And wherever you want to be in your career one day, you will get there. If you take a year off, if you take two years off, you will get there. So don't be afraid to make this jump. 
and don't do it because you're afraid of like missing out or just being not being where you want to be. Yeah, you're not going to fall behind. And I'm, I guess I'm living proof of that. <laughs> I don't yeah, feel Molly, <laughs> Molly is for sure living proof of that, people. Like two gap years she took, and she's, she's worked for awesome companies and have gotten jobs. Not easy. I mean, no one gets a job like easily, but no, like, yeah, she's exactly. gotten great jobs. And so it is doable. Yes, it's definitely doable. And the last major obstacle to overcome that we talked to, wanted to talk to you about is a sense of uncertainty. I think taking a gap year, I mean, taking a job, but there's a sense of uncertainty. Anything that you're choosing to do for the first time, there's a sense of uncertainty. Gap year can be super ambiguous, especially if you're traveling for the first time or you're visiting new countries for the first time. That can be a really scary place. And then a lack of security too. You're probably not going to be making a lot of money. Uh, you might not be working. You might be spending a lot of money to do this gap year. And so that lack of security can definitely creep in and sort of make you feel a little bit uneasy. So ways that we think you can overcome these obstacles is to remember that investing in yourself is never a bad thing. It's actually a really wonderful, beautiful thing. And remind yourself why you're taking the gap year, why you chose to do this. So make a list of tangible goals you want to accomplish by the end of it. It will help you feel like you're actually working towards something and you're not just taking quote unquote time off. Tangible goals, write them down and document your progress. I am a huge, huge advocate for this. Natalie knows this. I like to blog. I like to make videos. I like to take pictures. And a lot of this, yeah, sure. It's self-serving and sure we post on our Instagram so our friends and family can see what we're doing. But I think for me, being able to look back on some of my travels and some of these programs that I've... These gap years that I've taken, it helps me remember see or see the value in what I'm doing. And so I don't feel those... I don't have those FOMO moments. I don't feel like I'm falling behind. I didn't feel like I had a lack of security because I knew that there was value in, in my journey. And so we're going to do an actually another podcast, uh, po- not podcast, excuse me, a blog. <laughs> we're going to do another blog on this about different types of gap years that you can do and how to go about it if you're on a budget or if you don't have a ton of money to spend. Because like I said, gap years, I think have this connotation that they're really expensive and uh, you can only really go if you can afford it. Guys, I'm telling you, there are ways to do this. Yeah, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to work really fucking hard, but that's what you have to do to sort of make things happen. There are ways to do it with not a ton of money or support from other people. And so we're going to do a blog post about that on our website. And so we'll link to that in the description. Our last topic is staying in school. So this can be like Molly said, whether you just have an extra year to do or you are going to get your master's. So major obstacle kind of just like taking a gap year is that you're watching other people in transition and you might feel a little bit stagnant. Like, wow, I just went to school for the past four years and I'm doing it again. And the positives of this is like, you're staying in school like to do something you're clearly very passionate about and go get another degree on it and put more time into it. So go you. That's awesome. That takes a lot of work and commitment. A lot of commitment. Use this time to meet new people. There are so many ways to meet new people. I know Molly has used Bumble BFF a lot and I actually downloaded it the other night, but it Huge is an advocate. Huge advocate. So it's just it's a just it's just like Tinder and Bumble, actual Bumble except for friends. And it's just an easy way to meet people. 
You can also do meetup. There's a lot of meetup groups, hiking, yoga, anything you're interested in. Join a new club. So Molly and I, our senior year, we joined Belly Dancing Club and we met some really cool chicks out of it. And we had so much fun. We got to do a show. We got to move our bodies in cool ways. Like it was a blast and it was good for our soul too. And yeah, it's just great. And there's so, there's so many clubs at school. So try and see if there's something that maybe you're interested in and find some, find some new friends or just find a place that really speaks to you. So this could be a yoga studio, a book club, a cafe that you go to a lot. And maybe you make friends with people that work there or the people you see there that also go there often. And that's just a great way too. And a lot of those places, they'll host events there too, whether it's bringing in artists, comedians, or just like events where people are involved and everyone's talking. So you could even meet people through that. And so see losing like your college friend group and not necessarily, you don't lose them, you stay in touch, but they're going somewhere and you're going somewhere as a new opportunity and not a hindrance. You can always stay connected to friends and it's just really nice to be able to make new friends. So just embrace the fact that you are learning something you really love, taking a few extra years to do it and you're just really committed and that's amazing. Yes, I know. It's, you know, like I remember that feeling too because we, Natalie and I had a really close-knit group of friends in college Mm -hmm. and I think that it makes the transition harder because these are people that you spend a lot of time with um, and suddenly they're not there in the same capacity. So you have to sort of grieve that in a way while also moving on and doing what's best for you and stepping out of your comfort zone can be a really wonderful way to do that. I mean, Natalie, let's be real. Natalie's a dancer. I am not. So belly dancing was so weird for me. I had never seen my body move that way before. And it wasn't always pretty, but there's something really beautiful about putting yourself out there and knowing that people might judge you and that that's okay. Like there was definitely, I mean, I'm, when I was on stage belly dancing with you and the girls, like that was the craziest thing I'd ever done because I had never really, if I go on stage, I usually go on stage with something I'm very confident in. So I go, you know, if I have to talk about something that I love or tell a story, you know, I might get nervous, but I'm confident and because it's something I like to do and it's something that I feel skilled in. And so going on stage and doing something I didn't know how to do and something that was very weird and foreign to me, there's something really beautiful about that and really vulnerable and rewarding once you're done because you finish and you're like, damn, like I did that. People probably thought I sucked and that's okay. It's, it's humbling. And I think those kinds of opportunities when you stay in school and you feel maybe like you're stagnant a little bit, that you're not moving as some of your cohorts or classmates or friends are, those types of moments will really make you feel like you're progressing and you're growing. And that's really what we're seeking is is growth. Yeah. And exactly. That's why meeting new friends that are in the same boat as you is so important. So you don't feel alone, like like what we're talking about in this. So you don't feel alone in what you're going through. Surround yourself, make friends with people that are doing what you're doing. So you don't feel alone in it and you have some buddies. Yeah. And I hope some of the small, like sort of tips and tools that we touched on will be helpful if you just graduated school and just know that this is a really exciting time. Uh, my early 20s, I'm about to turn 27. The last seven years of my life have been so epic. 
I mean, definitely a lot of ups and downs, a lot of crazy chaos. And I think it's one of the only times in our lives that we'll be so wildly independent and free. And so take advantage of that and know that you can do no wrong. If, you, if you're failing, you're learning. And if you're succeeding, you're learning. You're always learning. And that's a really good thing. guys thanks for tuning in we're going to wrap it up here in a moment we want to take a deeper dive into some of the topics we've covered today so if you have a story you'd like to contribute about your post-grad experience please please reach out to us we'd love to hear from you your stories matter and we'll bring unpack the pursuit to life you can reach out to us on instagram or email us our information will be in the description of this podcast As always, guys, don't forget to look at your path. Unpack your pursuit. If you're starting a new job, worry less about the five-year plan and more about how your current position will add value to your life in the present moment. And if you're traveling, worry less about the destination you're reaching or you've reached and more about how you want to get there and who you will meet along the way. No matter what path you're on, be intentional about it. 